6.30 weekday mornings, Hong Kong Today. The informed way to start the day. It's an overpass which is just three kilometers away from the stadium. We're angry that the Muslim shop was closed. Meaning citizens using Hong Kong. Local and international news throughout the morning. Plus the latest in sports, business and daily topical guest interviews. I know you're getting set for the hockey game. The third consecutive night that I've camped out here. Suarez has sunk his teeth into the Italian shoulder. Hong Kong Today. 6.30, Monday to Friday mornings on RTHK Radio 3. A lot of residents were saying that the disruption is really significant and they really can't stand it anymore. Everything about this is positive, but the mood can change. This needs to be restrained from both sides. Explores the issues that Hong Kong is talking about. Hong Kong police really deserve appreciation from the public. You have to carry the people with you, and you are not carrying the people with you. Issues that matter to you. On average day, you now take two and a half hours to come to work. Call the studio, text, email, or comment on Facebook. This movement has become a, an organic being. Join the conversation on Backchat. Weekday mornings at 8.30. Because the longer this track on, the more purple it will need. An international station for an international city. This is Radio 3. Time uh, 28 and a half minutes now before 9 o'clock. And time, of course, for another episode of 28 Tech. The weekly show looks at how technology and digital innovation are improving and even disrupting various aspects of our lives and industries. Welcome back to 28 Tech. I'm Angelina Draper, and today we look at the ways technology, innovation, apps and gadgets are impacting the food and wine industry. With so many gastronomical gadgets and apps available on the market, are we today better cooks than ever before? Perhaps we're more efficient or more creative, and technology is helping us push our culinary boundaries. To help me answer these questions is Robin Zavo of the Mandarin Oriental Hotels. What, what's the biggest thing that you see nowadays when someone sits, in, sits down in a restaurant? What's the first thing that they go for? <laughs> they pull their phone out. They pull their phone out. Yeah. Now, there's been market research done on this. Why are we getting so many complaints? And you see it on TripAdvisor yes. and you see this. What is it all about? Sit there and watch. Analyze your customers. And it's mobile phones. I remember working in a restaurant in, in the UK. Mobile phones were not allowed in the restaurant. Yeah, there, there are a the few mobile, of those. There's a few. And I firmly believe that that is one gadget that should be away from the restaurant scene completely. But moving back to what you say, gadgets at work are ones that are going to make your life a little bit easier. So yeah. is it the slow cooker? Is it the, the water bath that you can actually buy online? And what about the wine industry? How has innovation been able to make a mark in an industry that associates itself with age-old traditions and techniques? Award-winning wine journalist and educator Deborah Myberg joins me later in the show to look at the modern aspects of the wine business. Definitely technology is helping us get higher quality wine and really uh, enabling us to to pull out the characteristics we want to emphasize in wine. Um, but there's all sorts of technology invo- involved in wine today. For example, in the soil analysis itself, before people plant, um, they use technology to determine what kind of soils they work with. And finally, Foodie Magazine's editor-in-chief, Alicia Walker, and I have a chat about some of our favorite food and beverage mobile apps. But first, this week's Tech News Roundup. 
The big news of the week was the launch of Apple's highly anticipated Apple Pay service. Described by the company's CEO, Tim Cook, as something that is going to be huge, Apple Pay allows users to pay for products with their iPhone 6 or 6 Plus. Currently, shoppers can use it in 31 retailers and 18 apps in the US. Apple will, however, be releasing the payment function internationally, and the company says they have already partnered with 500 banks around the globe. Bloomberg's Kyle Stock explains how it works. To use Apple Pay, you're going to need the iPhone 6 or the 6 Plus, the newest versions of the devices. You also need the newest version of Apple's operating system, iOS 8.1. Once you have all that in place, you use the Touch ID to open the phone as you normally would. And then you go into Apple's Passbook app. This is already loaded on the phone, and this is where these cards live. I've already added two cards to this, and you'll notice they look just like the cards you find in your wallet. But there's no names or numbers on them, which increases that security that Apple's really shooting for here. You can toggle through and choose the one you want, or you can add another card just by tapping here and taking a photo of the card. So I've got my cards loaded now. Let's go shopping. So I want to buy a new iPhone case for my new iPhone. Scans it like a regular product. And then I just put my thumb on here, the Touch ID, and just hold it in the general area. Shows up. There's a little beep, there's a little vibration, and the transaction's done. Facebook unveiled a new app this week called Rooms. It allows users to create forums around specific topics and interests. Unlike Facebook, though, users can use pseudonyms rather than their real name. The app's product manager, Josh Miller, says it was inspired by the early days of the Internet when people discussed common interests in forums, message boards, and chat rooms. Google wants to revolutionize the way we read or rather consume our emails. The company launched a new app this week called Inbox. that aims to help important messages or pieces of information from emails get to the top of our reading list. In the new app, the familiar chronological list of messages is gone, as are the trash can icon and list of folders. Google's algorithms determine what messages should be seen first and automatically groups emails into categories called bundles. Other features include highlighting parts of an email message, such as an airline flight number, and connecting our device to the Internet to give us live information on that flight. But not everyone will have access to the app immediately. Bloomberg's Matt Miller has more on the rollout. According to Android Police, which has been writing about this Project Big Top, that's what uh, this was called internally, apparently, uh, it is going to be tuned especially for your mobile experience, for your phone. Uh, and it's also going to be an invite-only thing. Remember when Gmail was first uh, first put out there, only the cool kids had it, and you needed to get an invite from them? That's kind of going to be the beta uh, idea of this. Only a few people are going to get it, and then they're going to send it to their friends. People in the UK found guilty of internet trolling could face up to two years in jail under a new government proposal. Internet trolls are people who post inflammatory and hateful messages on social media sites with the intent of hurting someone. There has been an increase in reported cases of online cruelty in recent years, including a recent high-profile instance against the parents of missing girl Madeleine McCann. The legislation is currently pending review and would quadruple the current six-month maximum set by the Malicious Communication Act. Critics say the legislation limits free speech. They also claim the definition of harassment is too broad and could even render some jokes or controversial viewpoints as unlawful. (laughs) 
Singapore moved one step closer this week to having driverless cars on its road as it kicked off a 10-day trial period with driverless buggies. Visitors to the Chinese and Japanese gardens can book a free ride on one of the two robot buggies, which also communicate with each other with the aim of calculating the best route to take. The test is being conducted by researchers from Singapore and MIT Alliance for Research and Technology and the National University of Singapore. Companies around the world are investing in the development of driverless cars, which some say may be on our roads sooner than we think. Tesla's CEO Elson Musk said in a CNN interview that 90% of a ride on a Tesla car could be automated by the year 2015. My first guest today is senior executive sous chef at the Mandarin Oriental Hotels here in Hong Kong. His name is Robin Zavu, and he's also a regular on Radio 3's Morning Brew with Phil Whelan. I asked Robin if he thought the food industry, and professional kitchens in particular, were embracing technology, or if tradition still ruled in the kitchens. I think both, to be very honest with you. I think technology is something there to make the job easier and to make it more consistent in the results of what you need to give to the customer. Um, and then the traditional stuff, in a sense, the basics, the knowledge, you have to have that knowledge. You've got to have that knowledge to understand both side and, and the innovation that comes from equipment helps us to do the job of what we know, basically, and what we've learned in, in, in the years, as you say, in the years of cooking, the years I've, I've been cooking, I've gone from cooking in a non-stick pan, throwing it into the oven, etc. There's a little timer. We're not even having a timer, just knowing, looking up at the clock. Okay, I've got three minutes on that side or three minutes on this side with this one. Right, take it out. It's just a touch and feel. To then go into little timers, you know, and the buzzer goes at three minutes and you turn it around. To then looking at something which has got a probe inside which you know, and the probe said, oh, yeah, that's the temperature I want, to, to water bath. So all this technology makes your job so much easier. And how does that transcend onto amateur chefs? Um, mm. Cooking programs have become so popular yeah. all over the world, and yeah. so we all feel that we're a bit of a, a Jamie or a Gordon at yeah. home, or yeah. at least we like yeah. to think of, or an Igelin. An Igelin, in my case. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. How do you think gadgets or various types of innovation that has been probably developed for professional kitchens yeah. and then passed on into the amateur kitchen, um, is it helping us to be better cooks, or are we just more techie in I the think, kitchen? I don't think it does make you a better cook, personally speaking. Yeah. I think being a better cook is standing by your, your grandma's apron and learning how to bake and how to have the feel. That's why I learned pastry, was standing there. My mum used to say to me, why did you, why, you always say about grandma, I said, well, I vividly remember standing there when she used to make the pastry because she used lard. It was half yeah, lard and half yeah. butter or marge or something. Nowadays, lard, everyone's like, screaming at you, but it's more healthier than butter, I'm sorry right. to say. Uh, okay, it's an animal derivative. But the thing is, the, the, the question being is that, you know, you learn from that. You know, you, you have that touch. You've got that feel. And I think nowadays when an avid cook is at home and they've got the thermomix and they've got the KitchenAid and then they've got the, the polyscience circulator cooking the I'm doing the beef and the circulator tonight and all that sort of stuff and you're like where's the steak and can you put in where's that where's that basic because those basics are the ones that actually make a true cook if you can't cook by touch and feel and sight to me I think you're losing the concept of what cooking is all about 
Um, gadgets, do they help? Yes, of course they help. Does it help the mother that's got three kids running around her and she turns on the slow cooker? That's what it's for. It's there so you can actually enjoy yourself as well. And I always say this when I used to do the, the, the occasionally do the radio with, with, with Phil, is, you know, when you're cooking and you're doing a, you're doing a, dinner, a dinner at home and you've got people coming around, the last thing you want to do is spend that time in the kitchen while everybody's enjoying themselves. And nine times out of ten, that's what you do. So for me, it's all about preparation. You have one gadget which was invented, which is fantastic, which is called the microwave. Now, if you blanch your vegetables in salted water, put them into ice water, refresh, season them, put them into a bowl, you're only reheating. You're not doing any damage to that vegetable. You're just reheating that vegetable because it's already perfectly cooked. Of the gadgets that you do use in the kitchen or mm. the, the ones that you see that are slightly more innovative. So we've mm. seen things like um, uh, barbecue th- uh, tongs with the timer. There was a, we were talking earlier on about the, the bowl that actually yeah. has the space for you to put your iPad, your yeah. iPhone in the or iPhone something in, like yeah. that. So yeah. uh, you're not eating alone. What are some of the, have you seen any out there that are a bit wacky and crazy? And um, Well, I think, you know, what, what you have said, a short that, shelf life. Yeah, perhaps. it's got a short shelf life. I mean, I think that, you say the, the 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 bowl with putting your iPad in there because you're a single diner. Okay, great. But I mean, do you really want to pinpoint I'm a single diner? I mean, some people, as 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 we discussed, you know, supermarkets are fantastic picking up joints. They're better than bars because you mm-hmm. can see what's in the supermarket in the trolley. You can also see what people like to cook by looking around in the trolley. Oh yeah, he's 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 a, you know, he's a TV addict there, or this is that. Um, gadgets which have short shelf life are those sort of gadgets i say i don't think they bring a magic thing to the to, to the party they don't bring anything to the actual the party. ones that exclude you from the social exclude, life yeah exactly because um, that's what food is isn't it usually yeah. it's about bringing people together well, what's the biggest thing that you see nowadays when someone sits and sits down in a restaurant what's the first thing that they go for <laughs> they, they pull they, their phone out they pull their phone out yeah now, there's been market research done on this. Why are we getting so many complaints? And you see it on TripAdvisor yes. and you see this. What is it all about? Sit there and watch. Analyze your customers. And it's mobile phones. I remember working in a restaurant in, in the UK. Mobile phones were not allowed in the restaurant. Yeah, there, there are a few the mobile, There's a few. And I firmly believe that that is one gadget that should be away from the restaurant scene completely. But moving back to what you say, gadgets that work are ones that are going to make your life a little bit easier. So okay. is it the slow cooker? Is it the, the water bath that you can actually buy online? Heston, I know, is promoting those polyscience, and they're great. You know, put them in the bag, but you need a Ziploc bag, which is easy. You don't need a sous vide bag. Um, and then the other gadget, which I think is really good, and it's the in one at the moment now, is the Thermomix. Which That's... Is- Tell us what that is. Okay, Thermomix is basically a blender, but it has a temperature on it as well. So you can set the temperature, set the speed. You can put a risotto in there with all the ingredients, and it'll cook the risotto for you. Fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. They're, they're brilliant. Great. And <laughs> we hear a lot about um, 3D technology. Uh, quite often it's associated with various things that people are doing from guns to, well, just anything and everything. Um, I recently read about 3D, edible 3D printing, mm. uh, especially with, for instance, really some, some, some wild cake toppings and things like that. Do you yeah. see that picking, up? picking um, up? I think it will be because I think, you know, it's it's more from the on the confectionery side we use 3d printing so we use printing when we have guests who want say for example they're having a canopy party or a cocktail party they want their logo so it could be the famous high street bands of the you know uh, the pradas the gucci's etc i want our label i want this on there can you print it yes can do difficult to do on savory 
Um, but definitely on the confectionery side, on the patisserie side, you know, 3D cakes, I want this cake, I want, you know, I want uh, a Toy Story, I want this, I want that, you know, some things that they can do so much now, it's fantastic. Yeah? Wonderful. Thank you so much, Robin. No Thanks for joining Thank us. Hong Kong-based Deborah Myberg holds the coveted Master of Wine title, the highest wine industry honour. She travels around the world educating people about wine and regularly writes about the industry. Although winemaking is an ancient craft, she says it has not shied away from innovation. Technology probably first appeared in the wine industry in the 70s, possibly the 80s. And the biggest change that took place was refrigeration of fermentation tanks. So for the first time in history, winemakers could actually control what was going on during a, a crucial stage of grape uh, production, you know, turning the grapes into wine. And where did this happen? Where did it all kick off? I think it happened fairly simultaneously around the world. Um, certainly the New World wine regions such as Australia and California were drivers and continue to push the boundaries on technology, whereas the Old World uh, tended to focus on tradition. But of course, in many of the Old World regions, the temperatures were cooler, so the refrig concept of refrigeration was less important. Is technology helping us to get more wine or better wines? Definitely technology is helping us get higher quality wine and really uh, e enabling us to, to pull out the characteristics we want to emphasize in wine. Uh, but there's all sorts of technology invo involved in wine today. For example, in the soil analysis itself, before people plant, um, they use technology to determine what kind of soils they work with. There's technology monitoring the water levels in the vineyards, technology monitoring climate change, um, temperatures in the vineyard. Um, so it's used these days from the moment the vine goes into the ground all the way to the final product um, when it hits our shelves. There's technology being used as anti-counterfeit measures, RFID labeling, for example, uh, uh, to, to be able to more safely track bottles as they move around the world and technology protecting bottles as they're shipped around the world. And how does that work? How do they protect the bottles? We have devices now that are put uh, in refrigerated containers to monitor um, the temperature variations, uh, whether they've been exposed to light, what sort of vibration is of impacting the wine. Um, and and these, this sorts of information helps the logistics teams understand how best to ship their wine. And uh, also, even when the wine arrives at customs at the dock <laughs> to go through customs, uh, is the wine actually protected through the whole supply chain? Now, that all sounds very expensive. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think innovation is helping to reduce the costs because of maybe higher quantities and so forth? Or are we actually paying for all of this in the bottle price? Well, we probably are paying for it. Um, it certainly comes at a price, but the end result is higher quality wine. Um, and I think we're all willing to pay a bit more for higher quality wine. And not just to focus on the fine wine. Uh, there is mass production. Technology has facilitated mass production. Um, and that also has allowed us to have affordable wine at the table. But there's also technology in terms of marketing wine, um, because I think wine is a unique product. It's history, it's culture, it's, it's science, it's art. And that messaging somehow has to make it from a vineyard that can be thousands of miles away from a consumer. 
um, in, and and yet attract and, and evoke an emotional and physical response from the consumer. And when it comes to wine, it's it's a product you're buying blind. You you don't have much to go on. It's it's a bottle uh, with a little bit of packaging. And I think that's where social media has been the other biggest change for the for the industry because it's allowed a, a remote vineyard in say Adelaide to engage with a consumer in Seattle, Washington, or Beijing, China. Fantastic. And actually, apps and gadgets play a part in that as well. Um, would you say customers or consumers are more educated now thanks to the, the variety of, of apps that there are? You know, they've got little guidebooks in their, in their pockets telling them what to buy, what wines to pair. What gadgets um, have you come across or apps that you think are being particularly useful? Well, there are loads of apps that uh, for consumers that help you all the way through the process. Mm. So some of the popular ones are Seller Master, which help you manage collection and then for those of us who have collections (laughs) (laughs) Um, and then there are others that help uh, select food and wine uh, give people guidance they can enter a dish and wine selections will pop up and then of course uh, with um, location-based apps you can also put in a food and they'll tell you where the nearest wine shop is with the wine that would match your food Um, and then there's uh, the sort of the memory apps that help you uh, record what you've had and share it with others. So there are many that allow you just to snap a shot of the label and the label's scanned and they have a fantastic databases now for labels. And so the immediately, not just the photo of the label, but all of the information about the winery is available to your friends. Um, and then we can review. And I think that has made a huge impact because, of course, we all love word of mouth. And although I don't always trust my friend's wine taste, <laughs> uh, you know, I'm sure they trust yours. <laughs> <laughs> it's certainly an aid um, to make a buying decision. Okay, what about gadgets? Um, Christmas isn't that far off, and it's a perfect gift to give someone. And uh, some of the things that are on the market are quite remarkable and seem quite high-tech in terms of uh, bottle stoppers and, uh, okay, a decanter is a decanter. But are there some high-tech gadgets out there that you can recommend or tell us to stay away from? Well, I think one of the biggest concerns in serving wine around the world is what temperature. And so there are some wonderful uh, thermometers Mm. (laughs) that are... Uh, very easy digital reads now that help you determine whether your wine is the right temperature and uh, you don't even need to stick it in the wine anymore. You can determine by laser. So those are very helpful, particularly for restaurants where um, the proper temperature service is 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 key for the job of a sommelier. Uh, at home, I think we're more concerned about is what can we use to either change the character of the wine a little bit Perhaps we open a bottle of wine and it's too tannic. So there are a number of aeration devices that allow oxygen to mix with the wine and soften the tannins or give it a slightly more mature feel. And then also storage devices. And I think probably this is the key concern for everyone but me because I tend to finish the bottle. (laughs) But um, how can we either store wine after opening or there is a new device that allows you to extract wine from the bottle without ever opening the bottle. So that's a syringe-like system um, that has taken the world by storm. And these are at affordable levels today? I've seen them in restaurants, but uh, can the average person go out and buy them too? Absolutely. Most of these gadgets cost about the price of a, a reasonable bottle of wine. And if they can enhance your wine experience, then there's great savings. You can um, allocate that, say you spend 20 US dollars, but 20 bottles later, 
um, that's nothing. <laughs> Wonderful. Deborah, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure speaking to you. Thank you. So for the last segment of the show, I'm joined by Alicia Walker, Editor-in-Chief of Hong Kong's Foodie Magazine. Welcome, Alicia. Thanks for having me, Angelina. You have an app for Foodie Magazine, uh, a mobile app that people can access the information. But um, you also play around with other apps, especially with food and wine-related ones. Um, Tell me about some of the ones you've been uh, enjoying lately. A really cool new one that's hit Hong Kong um, is called Food Panda, and it's a delivery service app. So you type in your address from wherever you are, and it finds restaurants in your area, um, and you can refine the search by cuisine, whatever you feel like eating. It brings up that menu, and then you can order it all online. So it's sort of the Uber of of food? Yes, exactly. (laughs) It's uh, one of those things that you you can't believe hasn't been done in Hong Kong already, um, specifically for lots of different types of cuisine. So that's one we're really watching. That's right. It has been quite popular around the world. Definitely. uh, Good to know it's here. Yeah, over 40 countries it's available in. So good to have it in Hong Kong. Good. Not that we're ever too far from a food outlet here in Hong Kong. (laughs) (laughs) Anyhow, so what else is on your radar? Uh, So also Food Gawker is a really interesting one that's uh, that's more of a... Uh, for fun. It's uh, feeding your eyes is their catchphrase. And um, it's a bit like Pinterest, but purely for food. Sounds like food porn. <laughs> exactly. It's um, it's categorized beautifully with sections like flatbread, seafood, savory pies, soups and stews. Or you can just scroll through at random to fuel inspiration for what you feel like making for dinner. And then you can um, click on the, uh, the individual pictures and it'll bring you to the recipes. So this is a user-generated app. The content is user-generated, right? So um, is it just people like you and me cooking at home or are there also professional chefs uploading their recipes? It's a variety of both, yeah. So it's from home chefs to professional chefs and it just makes you really hungry, this app. So it's got it all. Excellent. One of the ones I really like is um, the app that's been brought to us by people from allrecipes.com. There's also a UK version and a few others. But the great thing about that is it's great when you need a bit of inspiration. You can choose different settings and there's a there's a spinner if you want and you can set the the amount of time you have available you can set the type of meal whether you want dinner lunch or appetizer and so forth and it just brings up random recipes within the limits um of the choices you made so it's great when you need uh, you're going home uh, you're going to pass the supermarket and you just have no idea what to make for dinner tonight for example and it'll give you of course the recipes it'll give you the shopping list and everything that you need so that's a really handy one to have for for many occasions. I love that app as well. I mean, it's great for um, if you have a single ingredient that you feel like using up in in the fridge, you have a bunch of lemons and it'll bring you up everything that's got any kind of lemon ingredient in it. So that's a really great recipe app. It's good. It's lemons for you. It's zucchini for me. We always seem to have one or two zucchini lying around. I never know what to do. And I have to say, um, both the the app and the the website have been quite useful in um, suggesting some ideas. Using up all those forgotten foods from the back of the fridge. Definitely. So what else have you got? There's also a really cool um, wine app that I love called Delectable. Okay. And um, that helps you track the wines you drink. So if you're out at a restaurant and you're enjoying a really nice bottle, you just snap a picture of the label and up, bring, up comes all the information about the origin, vintage, type, and then any comments from other users that have um, drank this wine and whether they enjoyed it. It has an overall rating. And you can keep your own notes of, about the particular wines as well. And so then next time you're in a wine 
shop. You can sort of look up what you loved and buy that bottle. Sounds like the Shazam of wine. That is a very good description. All right, we've got time for one more. Well, um, Evernote is another um, great app that isn't specifically for food, but it's a perfect place to keep recipes you love. You can include the pictures, create lists, lay out your instructions in a really clean and clear format. And that's a really lovely app. That's interesting because I use Evernote for so many things uh, across all of our devices at home and uh, tablets and phones. But I haven't really thought of using it for recipes. But I guess, yeah, it makes perfect sense. You can store store everything you see, whether it's online or snap a picture from a magazine and just uh, pin it up. Exactly. It's perfect across, um, and it goes across everything, and it's a lovely app. Well, that's all we have time for this week on 28 Tech. Remember, you can listen to this and previous episodes of the show by going to the RTHK website or subscribing to our podcast. If you have any thoughts or comments on any of the subjects we covered, please get in touch by emailing 28tech at rthk.hk. All things techie, and we call it 28 Tech. And you heard the producer and presenter there, Angelina Draper, back, of course, at the same time next Sunday, uh, around 8.30, all the way to 9. In fact, 9 o'clock coming up with the news, and after which, of course, it's another edition of Sunday Smile with Candace Moore and Friends. Weather-wise, though, it says mainly cloudy, one or two light rain patches to start with. Sunny intervals this afternoon, a maximum of 27 degrees. More sunshine over the next few days, but windier conditions as well. Currently 25 degrees Celsius, humidity 78%.